The following podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. I text you a question, next minute my phone rings. What is wrong with you? Nothing worse than a salad orderer who then wants in on all the chips. Sorry, what section are you in? What section am I in? Someone's trying to board this flight with a semi-trailer-sized luggage. I think you should be more concerned with that. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Literally Nobody Cares podcast. Standard me, we have uh, not pre-prepared this. It'll go live today because I'm really prepared. Um, and I am joined by a guest. We haven't done a guest episode in a while. I'm trying to think of when the last guest episode we did. I don't even know. We are joined by a guest, Mitch Orville. Welcome to the show. This is fabulous, this show, because you can say anything you want. I just, this, I oh, that's how I've made my life, by saying whatever I want. So. <laughs> it's a bit all over the place. Um, first thing I wanted to get into, though, before we get into anything, is the coronavirus. Um, have you got a garage full of toilet paper yet? <laughs> that would honestly be the last thing that <laughs> last I would thing? ever prepare for. Well, the uh, the Australian people uh, believe that's the number one thing. Woolworths has imposed a ban this morning on the number of rolls that you can actually purchase. I think it's just genius marketing. Like they just see like they just <sighs> see this like epidemic, and they're like, let's take away all of our stock. Let's make everyone freak out, and let's limit everything that we release. Oh, make it sure. look like it's all sold out, and then they've just got garages, garages, and warehouses full of it, and they'll just slowly release it back into the shops. Well, I was thinking to myself this morning, if I owned a toilet roll company, if I was Kleenex, I would be saying, we're never discounting again. Mm. Just hire a PR agency to be like, the flu is the worst we've ever seen in our whole lives. Stock up. Because this has got to be the greatest marketing campaign in the world. Like, people are like, it's just, it's like Black Friday. They're just loading it with, why toilet paper? Is food not more of a priority? People just love, like, any, like as soon as there's fear, people oh. just lose all rationality, don't they? But it, I don't even, like, I haven't stayed that close to the coronavirus thing, obviously. Thank God or you'd have it. Well, and I've travelled extensively <laughs> during this whole outbreak, but I wasn't really following it super close. So when people were going out and buying, like, you know, food and tins and stuff, I didn't really get it because I didn't know what we were preparing for. Like, I originally thought, do they think that we're going to run out of food like it's the apocalypse or something? But I now understand the reason that the government even mentioned having supplies. Is it because manufacturing in China might slow down? No, manufacturing in China hasn't slowed down. It's good to go. So, like, we have factories over there. It's pumping out. The reason they're asking people to do it is because if you contract it, you have to self-isolate for 14 days. So you can't then nip to the shops. So they're saying, should it be... Yeah, the Uber guys just have to the throw fence. it, just toss it to <laughs> just you. get one of those, like, rubbish bin tongs that you go <laughs> into. But that's why they've sort of mentioned it. Of course, Australia has gone the other uh, sort of the other way. But we're literally at fucking 21, I think, total cases in Australia of coronavirus. One person has died who wasn't an Australian and, like, hello, to be honest with you, had it coming. Um, but he's gone. But... If you think about the flu, last year, 150,000 confirmed cases of influenza, 400 people died last year of the flu. But even look at like <laughs> it's pretty scary AIDS, stuff. for example, how many people die from AIDS, yet people still have sex without condoms. So like- No one's bothered. No one's bothered. It's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. And people are saying like, now everyone could get the coronavirus. It's like, it's just a, it's just a casual flu. Uh, we've got, you know, 21 people, all of them are in stable condition. Everything's fine. Most people are being sent home. Do you reckon it's something to do with the fact that it started in China. And For when sure. things start in China, like we don't know enough about them. So as soon as we see them panic, we're like, they're such a big part of this world. For sure. And like communist country, everything like that. It's like, if they're panicking, we all have to panic. You know what I mean? I think, I, I think the fact that, I think the Chinese fact that you're talking about <laughs> is absolutely scary. Yeah. But you know what I think is the great part about it being from China is that if there's any country you know will get it sorted, it's China. Them. Oh, my friend, 
his dad's like quite like high up in China and he was telling me that like the whole place is quarantined. If you're suspected of having it, they'll literally rip you out of your house, quarantine you, throw you away. It's like they get shit done. They are getting it's it Probably done. sometimes a bit too much and maybe not to the best of morals, but the way that they see it is like if one person has it yeah. and can infect thousands, they don't care about that one person. It's no. like you are now like – yeah, the fact that there's been no it. stories of people being killed is truly baffling to me yeah. because that's I would have thought it would have been a little bit of a, a lineup situation with a little bit of a gun gun. Have you seen the footage of the people um, like in China being shoved into vans, yes. like yes. still pulling up in the street, Absolutely. And shoving them ripped out of their homes and stuff? Hundred percent. And, and there's something to be admired about that, isn't there? <laughs> I mean, there's something to be admired about that, to be honest. <laughs> I, I don't love it, and I'm glad I don't live there. But if there's a problem, these guys will get it fixed because they're the epicenter of the world's manufacturing, yeah. and we can't really. Uh, As everyone like, you, no one fucks with China. No one. They just fucks actually with China. get shit done. They don't care. They just do. Same like, as North Korea, though. They're like, shut the border down. And then when they were like, we think we have a case, the guy's dead. Yeah. Well, they <laughs> they're not messing around over there They were either. saying there'll be hell to pay if it comes over our border. <laughs> I love that. It's yeah, just literal threats yeah. still happening in like. But there's nothing happening yet. They're just sitting there being like, we will kill everyone. I that could comes just imagine here. like the world leaders of North Korea, like in their rooms, like, if you dare cough at me and get me sick, you're actually fucking yeah. dead. <laughs> But did you see the vice president was of Iran was like on TV be like, guys, don't be stressed. This is what we're doing. And then a few days later, he had coronavirus. He had it, yeah. Shut so up. He had a press conference. He's coughing, in, coughing at the press conference. He leaves two hours later. Corona. I mean, not ideal. Speaking of Corona, 130 million euros down in sales uh, throughout Europe. Corona, the beer. Oh my God, are I you thought that'd be going corona? up. No, are you avoiding Corona? I thought corona it was just store? remarketing for Corona. I was like, this is actually genius. It's going the other way. Holy shit. Pretty bad. What's funny is- Who well, named it the coronavirus? Oh, that is surely like someone's a, a lawsuit for fucking- Well, coronavirus has actually been in existence for a long time. So it's not new. Is that where it wasn't like Wuhan 400 or something before? I remember, I read something about it being like- It was around before yeah. Wuhan. So it's been around for years. So coronavirus is, is just a different type of – this is just a different strain of coronavirus. Started off as Heineken. But, yeah, that's it. It's just moved the, the on. The VB virus next year. <laughs> It'll be 4X for you, not. If you're out <laughs> buying fucking toilet paper, you've actually got a problem. But I, it's actually baffling to me. Like hand sanitizer I get, buy that shit up a storm because what I'm hoping is that there would be some disgusting people out there who are going to bathrooms and not washing their hands, that sort of a crowd. I feel like if we can scare them into washing their hands, good start. If you can scare me into washing your hands, <laughs> okay, you great. start it. We need to scare you into washing your hands. And then I feel like we're okay. But the toilet paper, I don't, you're not hearing anything else is sold out. It's just toilet paper. And so I'm just thinking to myself, it's really highlighting that people are at home really. But if you're at home, isn't your water still running? You've got a shower? Like, uh, I toilet don't know. paper? Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like that's an easy <laughs> fix. No, well, people don't agree. I've heard of people buying generators. Generators. Like, is electricity a stop from the flu? What's okay. happening? It's just, I mean, it's just, it's now getting to a point where it's just wonderful for just, it's just commercial now. People are yeah. just making a fucking fortune out of all this stuff just because people are so fucking stupid. I also don't understand when they released that article that was like, you know, we're going to have to restrict travel from Iran. Why haven't we done that already anyway? <laughs> what the fuck are people doing going to Iran? If you're going there, you should be coming through a question and answer on the way through anyway. What was there? What are you chatting about? We'd like to know a bit more about your visit. She's Fucking right. Iran. True. Like, I don't Who's know. flying to Iran? Is there a virgin flight direct to Iran? Do you stop over? <laughs> what the fuck's going on? Isn't that like a no-fly no zone? Surely. I think it is. It should be a no-fly zone. Who's go There's no one going on a holiday to Iran. Although if Iran tourism wants to call, the agency may help. Um, have you heard? Have you heard when? Um, would you go on an influencer trip to Iran? <laughs> Could I get you into an so Iran honest, trip? I wouldn't mind a, like a fresh outfit photo in Iran. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, Could that you would imagine? Be sort of cool. Is it, but would it be like Dubai adjacent, do you think? I don't even know what Iran it's like looks that maybe like. Maybe the Aldi version of? <laughs> the Aldi version. Or the version where you may not actually end up uh, getting out alive. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, but like. I don't know about that, Imagine, like, I don't know, imagine just like in a fresh, like, Balenci tea in, like, <laughs> Iran. Like, it'd be pretty crazy. But I wonder if they're, I mean, Iran, there's got to be some wealth in Iran. I, mean, I think it's both ends, but maybe there is already yeah, well, Balenci teas over there. I'd love to see this. If someone has a photo of someone in Iran <laughs> like hyped, can you please send it to me? Like, I'll actually lose But do you it. see how I've just turned Iran into the place to be? So now we're yeah, Iran we're tourism is sending Mitch straight over immediately. <laughs> we'll go there and just sell toilet paper. <laughs> um, we've moved on very quickly, but um, tell us, I don't even know how to describe you. Influencer, do you hate that word? What's the go? Um, tell the people who you are. Have you even said his full name to even know who the hell is here with us? Did you? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> who fucking knows? <laughs> the whole podcast is shambles. Yeah, I don't even know how I'd describe myself, to be honest. Probably just a guy trying to get his shit together now. Like, a guy trying to get his shit I mean? together. Like, I thought we could all relate to that. Yeah, I um, I obviously started off with the Angry Dad franchise yep. about four or five years ago. How did that come about? There's no just like, method behind it. Just Nothing. like Basically, me and my brother used to film just annoying my dad, pinching him on the tit. Like, you know, stuff like that, and he'd lose it. And then I um, filmed something, I can't remember what it was, put it on my personal Facebook. I had, like, maybe 2,000 views on yep. it. And I was like, fuck, party time. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> so I did another one, and then it went up, like, 5,000. I started getting friend requests from randoms. And I was like, well, surely yeah. there's some legs in this. And then there was one video that went, like, viral, this is back when Facebook was, I was gonna say, viral. Yeah. I remember there was one video I did that was going up 10,000 views every refresh. Fucking wild. Like hundreds of thousands of comments. But you can't, so and you can't even replicate that virality on Instagram these days. There's no shareability. It doesn't like exist the way that it used to in Facebook. Like no. We used to have like, you know, a million, pa- we ha- oh, we still do, but we had a million page likes, but it, our posts would go to all the million of our fans. You know what yeah, I mean? You'd yeah. post one video and immediately it'd have like, 15,000 likes, 100,000 views in the first few minutes. It's like crazy. It doesn't yeah. exist now. No. You've got to pay for that shit. You've got to absolutely pay for that shit. So the whole family's now like got their own independent brands virtually, right? Like because everyone's kind of got a following. Yeah. Yeah. And that's has, has Angry Dad, has he continued on the same influencer path or is it sort of just a side thing for him? Um, well, the thing, he was never – a part of it as such. He was an unwilling participant. Of, okay, right. We love that. So there was no, there was no like method behind him being in it. He was yeah. literally just like a fucking crash dummy. Yeah. And what happened happened. And, you know, he got to see himself <sighs> online at the end of it. Wow. I feel like though it's, um, it's kind of one of those stories that reflects exactly why social works in circumstances and doesn't in others. When it's planned and prepared and what it never fucking works. It's only when it's organic in the moment. I feel like my key word whenever I talk on anything is always authenticity. Yeah. Because we keep the, co- like, the content authentic. Yeah. And like, you know, people would see it. Like, you know, you can see when something's set up. Like people aren't stupid. Sure. So when you can see that it's not, it's exciting to watch. Yeah, yeah. You know what sure. I mean? Like hundred percent. It's also relatability, right? Like I think everyone could relate to the fact that if you did that sort of shit to their dad, yeah. <laughs> well, we we, we reach multiple targets because we'd have people, kids tagging their like 
parents, parents yep. tagging their kids, parents tagging each other. Like everyone could relate. Everyone either had a dad like that or a son like that or something like imagine if like we got used to get so many, oh my God, imagine doing this to dad or your yeah. Frank would kill us. If like, you know what I mean? People yeah, yeah. can talk about it because it's conversational as well. Do you think that authenticity is lost now? Do you think people are just trying to, like to me, authenticity feels like a bit of a buzzword now. Like, and you speak to influencers, they're all talking about it, but there aren't that many that are actually practicing it. I actually it. hate people to throw that word out without doing it because, it's, Bad, you know, right. it's so hard to be authentic. And it's something I've really struggled to be. Like, my whole, when I first started, like, Instagram and everything like that, I was, like, far from authentic. In yeah. anything, I was fake. Like, I used to portray this. I wanted people to want the life that I didn't have, yeah, that yeah, didn't yeah. exist. Whereas now, like, I literally wake up every day trying to be a better person and to want people to want to not have – to want people to not want what I have, but to want to be like me and be a better version of who Themselves, I was. Yeah. So like when I see like the word being thrown around like authentic yeah. and then not, it sort of frustrates me because it's so hard to get to that point. You know what I mean? So like, hard. Well, I mean, so Emily Sky, we work with a lot, um, who's in the fitness vertical. I don't know if you know Em, but. Um, so, yeah, my girlfriend talks about it a bit. She like, right. she's So she, um, you know, to an extent, I think she pioneered that movement for women because she was sort of, I think, five plus years ago on Facebook, she posted, she was attacked by a, a university professor um, from Sydney. Um, Physically? No, no. Um, <laughs> in a lecture. Could you imagine? I, was that's that. I love lecture that. Ever. <laughs> Fucking so, Professor X just doing a flying elbow. <laughs> like, just what? destroys her. Um, I kind of like to see Emily in a fight, though, to be honest. Um, and don't, someone don't come into my fucking DMs and be like, don't promote violence. I'd love to see that fight. In fact, I'd pay for it. In fact, I'd market it if we're going to go well, even further. When you think you pay for it, if you pay for that, you <laughs> yeah. could sell tickets to it. I would so. absolutely sell tickets. Um, so, yeah, she's a bit of a, you know, I think the lecturer would have been in trouble. No, so Emily didn't go to the uni or anything. Basically, they did a um, a survey in the room of her students, this lecturer, and the, the students voted for the top three people who inspire them. And one of them came up as Emily. And the university lecturer was expecting it to be more like conventional celebrities. Yeah. Um, her name popped up. And so then the woman looked into Emily's content. Emily famously posts photos in bikinis and yep. whatever else. And she, she looks good. At, yeah, she puts workout clothes on. She just, she looks hot, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, well, and, fortunately. Well, fortunately, <laughs> but, you know, it's yeah. it's a byproduct to an extent. Anyway, so she posts that content. So the woman just looked at it and went, she's trash. She's, you know, posting this stuff, uh, giving people the idea of an unrealistic body. She's causing body issues, blah, blah, blah. The whole the usual stuff that people say. Um, didn't read any of Emily's actual text. And the big thing on Emily's text is like, if you're looking at this photo of me thinking you can be like me, you can't. We're all individual, blah, yep. blah, blah. We all struggle. So this woman did this. The media picked it up and it turned into a bit of a storm. It was before Emily was really big, but it still got a storm around it. So Emily then responded five or six years ago by posting a photo of her cellulite uh, roles when sitting down and whatnot before anyone else was yeah, really doing, doing it and being that. like, I'm a normal female. How dare you attack me when I'm trying to spread a message of whatever. And from there on, Emily sort of continued it. But now it feels like it's the cool thing to do to sit down and like, oh, I have roles too, yeah. to just drive that engagement up because you know it'll work. Yeah. And then people who post those polls like, would you rather see real content or, or authentic? Mm. And it's like, stop asking the question. Just do it. Just fucking do it or don't bother yourself. And then when people say like, how do you grow your Instagram? You think like you're out there trying to ask yourself, what do they want to see? And that's almost the problem. Like it's a circle yeah, you can't exactly. break. You're not, if, if you're authentic, you're not showing people what they want to say. You're doing what you want to do. And you either have people come with you the journey or, or they don't. You and know what I mean? Like I went from a prankster, partier, out this, like yeah. that, to, you know, someone who's like 
trying to be highly inspiring. I've real positive. I talk about my feelings, everything like that. That could have gone such the other way. Hundred percent. Think about. It. I could have had everyone just drop off and be like, "This guy's fucking whack now." Yeah, you know I mean? he and, won't and even I think have a beer. He won't even have a good time. He won't like. Yeah. you know, he's not even doing like funny shit anymore. Like he's sitting here talking about his feelings. Like fuck this guy. Could have been so easy. 100%. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that almost. If you'd have been doing that a few years ago, it may have been that result. Yeah. Because I don't think that the notoriety from, you know, people like you're obviously now pushing it, but I don't think many people were having that discussion around yeah. men's, you know, I think you posted something the other day on your story, which was something about, um, I think it was you, it might've been, I can't remember who it was now, but I'm pretty sure it was you about, um, it was just text, you know, men will sit at home on their bed in the yeah, quiet yeah, yeah, and struggle immensely and then walk out of the room and you won't know no. that moment occurred. Yep. But they put on such a face and whatever else, and people don't have yep. any concept of it. But it's, you know, there's there's a an acceptability in society, I guess, that men can sorry that women can be emotional and raw and whatnot, but men not so much. Correct. And mm-hmm. I think there's also even, and I'll go one further because I don't really care on this podcast for sure what people say, but I do think there is some level of suppression these days about men being highlighted in certain circumstances because we have such a problem with domestic violence in this country and so many things yeah. that if we're not talking about women's issues, men's can take a back seat in so many different yeah. ways. And I think that conversation is one that isn't probably had as much as it maybe needs to. Yeah, I think it's like, I think to a degree, like I actually, so to an extent I'd agree. I think like because of the whole stuff with like women at the moment and the sort of the grounds that they're making, yeah. like, it's almost right in a way to take a back seat. We don't need to overtake what's happening with like all the women. For sure but I not. feel like men can still work together in the background. I feel yep. like that's what's starting to happen more rather than us banding together and making all this noise and being like, you know, we have feelings too. We do this. It's more so just like, hey, bro, are you, are you doing okay? Yeah, like, yeah. Check in with me. Do I, I think there's a lot more happening in the backgrounds. Agree running like adjacent with it. You yeah. know what I mean? But also like it's not a competition. Correct. We don't uh, yeah. women and men don't need to have this you know what I mean? Like there's not every issue, it's the same as like charities, right? Like it, yeah. it, it's a pissing contest. Like yeah, it doesn't need we to do, be. we don't need to turn it into that. It's not necessary. But also we don't need to suppress one thing because the other is going a certain way. Yeah. And so I think that's certainly super important. So yeah, very interesting though to get that sort of perspective on it. And um we should have Mitch on M's podcast as well because she'd buy right into that because it's super yeah. well important I think to her. like what I've learned now is like all of my like I used to be highly into stimulants so anything that would be stimulating whether it was drugs alcohol even like gambling to a degree anything that would just stimulate and get like you going I was into it sort of thing now I found like my friends what we have is stimulating conversations and it's helping so much for me like you can stimulate and you can get like passionate about things that actually help to talk about Yeah. so I don't know I feel like like there's actually a massive shift happening with men and opening up and talking more like I don't I can't tell you the last time I've had like when I've caught up with someone that haven't been like a powerful conversational meaning behind it whereas I used to just catch up with people to get on the piss or you know yeah today's that day when you had that meaningless conversation with me <laughs> but look it's already turned into something semi semi-meaningful <laughs> semi-meaningful um well let's escape that meaningfulness as fast as possible this <laughs> podcast isn't for that <laughs> just talking shit what's going on um but no i, I mean in all honesty i do think it's, it's a very important conversation i do think that it's um i think it's gaining more traction i think it's important yeah. that people like you are spreading that message because i think that the more unlikely characters to bring it up 
Correct. the more likely that, you know, the man's man will well, well, have that conversation. Last final thing to be the serious, serious, yeah, but yeah. it's like when people found out that Robin Williams killed himself because of depression. Yeah. How shocking was it to think that one of the funniest people in the world yeah. had that's depression, it, like, you know what I mean? So it's like when you when you hear that, like, you know, a larrikin or someone that's, you know, always jovial yeah. and laughing, carrying on, pranking, like, has those bad thoughts, feelings, and has downtimes too. It's comforting. 100%. And I think also when you think about people like that, you can almost understand why he was so successful and why he was so funny because the person we all knew wasn't Robin Williams. It was a character he'd formed Correct. to hide what was actually going on. Yeah, well, what did he, he – he actually has a really powerful quote about it. He said, I – like, he, he basically, like, spoke that – he almost he knew what it felt like to be upset, so he wanted to make sure no one else ever felt that way. So he used yeah, to try right. and make people laugh because he knew how it felt to be on the other end of it. So yeah. he thought he had like you know a social responsibility to make everyone else feel better. Yeah, but obviously he you know didn't make himself happy. So no, but I mean you know uh, yeah he made a lot of other people happy as well. Exactly. Which, you know, so there, he, did, he did. Like, he I did a phenomenal him. thing. But um, it's it's just wild. I think, and I, I don't think it's um, it's it's so hard because when you talk about mental health in general, there's no. It's hard to diagnose. Yep. It's hard to spot. Um, and what's worse is it's even harder to spot in yourself. Oh, big time! You're too far down the hole by the time you turn around and go. I think <laughs> it might actually be in a hole. Of course. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I think that's the worst part of it. There's no um, barometer. There's no test. Yep. There's no. It's not Corona. So it's We're not, not tapping green, your head yeah. when you're on the plane and checking on your temperature. <laughs> there's no tangible. It's not a pr- like a like two dots on a pregnancy test. It's no, like, there's no two lines. Yeah, that's exactly. it, right? Which uh, side note? Congratulations! How exciting! Thank you very much. How excited are you to be a dad? Beyond. Will you be the angriest dad? No way. No. I'm calm, composed. Calm That's and composed the dad. Man. Zen dad. We're going to have to get that um, handle immediately. Calm and composed Zen dad. <laughs> Zen dad. <laughs> At Zen dad. Um, let's have a quick chat. So we actually started speaking um, not that long ago um, off the back of a, let's call it a scandal. We love something <laughs> salacious, don't we? Um, off the back of a scandal, or at least that's what the Daily Mail turns it into because uh, my good friends over there, yeah, don't know if you saw guys. me in the Daily Mail the other day, but uh, Tammy Hemmer gave me a lap dance. They made very clear in the article that we're not romantically linked. Thank God they made that uh, Jesus, clear. <laughs> Absolute bunch of geniuses working. Geniuses. But the fact they had to even point it out in the article is my favourite part. You know what? You've got to respect one thing with Daily Mail. There's no like there's no like teams, is there? Like they'll write something amazingly nice and don't mean one article and they just slam me in another. <laughs> yeah. Like there's no fucking chill. No. Uh, but you've also got to respect the volume of content coming out of that office. Now, I know. They'll write they'll it, oh, it's like if a hundred articles. Sex a man on the table, they'll write an article <laughs> they'll about have that it. shit. And if they find an article on another news website that they love, they'll Take that article and make yeah. slight amendments too. Um, Got to love them though. So weeds has been about uh, what we'll call a salacious scandal um, <laughs> recently where a – for people who don't know about it, I spoke about it on my Instagram, so presumably people have seen it. But uh, basically Mitch's management uh, did their job. Um, they attempted to generate business uh, for their client as offensive as that may sound. Um, They did that through a uh, media organization that is open to publicists and journalists called The Social Diary. We pay a membership fee uh, as a PR agency to be part of that community where basically, you know, journalists will do a call out and say, we're looking for a story about this. PR agencies will put a call out and say, we've got a heap of product from a client if you need it for an event. Um, Talent managers will put a call out and say, this talent's traveling to Thailand, you need 
need to get content or this person's, you know, this, that, and the other. In your case, it was that you guys, um, I mean, you're influencers anyway, but yep. um, also Chloe is now pregnant. And so if collaborations in that space uh, were necessary, then please get in touch, um, which again, it's ironic because 90% of the people in that uh, email context, that media platform, wouldn't be able to keep up on scale with the amount of media organizations, influencers, people that are referenced. And so a very small percentage would even know that Chloe's pregnant. You guys yes. are expecting that. No one would know that information. Correct. So you have to make that information Correct. aware. Um, it's also, I can say as a, as a publicist and someone who represents many brands, it's a very niche market to get someone who is pregnant at the time because you've got, you've got a, a small window. window. <laughs> it's very defined. Um, and you don't even have a nine-month window because the announcement doesn't come Can't, until three yeah. months usually. So you've got a very, very small window to be involved with someone in the pregnancy phase. Um, having represented Emily through, you know, I'm now midway through a second pregnancy – the emails come flying in when you're pregnant because it's very difficult to find someone in that space with uh, influence. Although it, it seems like we were begging. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently you're out there just with a bucket on the street, mate. Yeah. Um, and so that email went out that said they're pregnant. If any brands want to work with them, hit me up yeah. again, doing her job. Uh, and then a publicist, I believe this is the time, a publicist. Yep. Uh, screenshotted the call out in the publication, yep, so the, posted the it to her yep. Instagram. So she put it on her personal story. Her personal story. So she grabbed the screenshot from the... And, and this actually yeah. was what I didn't like even more. She screenshot it, but then they cropped out everything else. Yes, and they kept, but they kept names. They kept the man, my management's Management. email, like everything. So not to mention the poor girl from my management that emailed it has her name blasted there. So it looks like she, like she would have been freaking out thinking, Oh my God, I've done this to them. Yeah. Like terrible. So that, and then, um, shortly later, uh, a, a f <laughs> how we even get here is bizarre, but a food critic <laughs> then, uh, decides so what, to add his two cents. Okay. So my, we ended up, I was in New York. We ended so up I was replying to this person from the PR company. Yes. And my dad was having a, uh, an engaging conversation with her on her Instagram oh, I messaging. I can only imagine. And she screenshotted her conversation between her and my dad and yes. sent it to this food critic, obviously because I've then taken it to my Insta story, called out her name for posting me. If you shoot, as you know, if you want to post me on your Instagram story, you're more than welcome to, but I will, will return serve. Yes. So I grabbed what she did and I put it up and I said, I think it's a highly unprofessional thing that you've done considering that you work in PR. So I did all that and I tagged her account. So she unfortunately had to go on private because there was, I think 60 or 70,000 sticker taps on there. And I'm sure that it wasn't the most positive sort of. I can imagine. And it's funny, actually, we had this conversation literally the other day on Emily Sky's podcast, which I'm also on. Um, and we were talking about her. Uh, so she's pregnant at the moment. Um, she receives, she has millions of followers, obviously uh, she receives 99.9% .9 positive messages, yep. but occasionally someone slides in there with something negative. Yep. As you would know, there's no forewarning when you open it, a DM, no. what's going to be inside. You just open it and you read it. Yep. So for Emily, she's a pregnant woman. Um, you know, emotions are all over the place to begin with, but aside oh, from that, yes, no one, that all too well. <laughs> but I mean, aside from that, they shouldn't be subjected to it regardless of being pregnant or not, Correct. but it's just all up and down. Uh, and she got a DM from someone that said, um, we'll see how happy you are when your baby dies. Just. So just a disgusting person. Uh, and we had a discussion on her podcast where I was saying there's a line to me in the sand where 
you know, all of us, and we all do it on my Instagram. If someone sends me something that I think is hilarious, it's abuse. Personally, none of it bothers me, but yeah. I think it's quite funny. I still white out the name, the photo, so that they're unidentifiable yes. and then post it. But there's a line in the sand where I think to myself, why are we whiting their name out? Okay, if she had have whited out my name and my management's name and just said, like, influencers were looking at this and it was disgusting. Correct. Good. Go for it. You're entitled to that opinion. What you're doing is personally calling me out. Yeah. So if you think there's going to be no response, you're an imbecile. Who the fuck do you think you're playing tennis with? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's just silliness. So, and it's and I was saying on Emily's like I think so. The irony was the woman who sent that message wasn't a fake account, a professional photography account no. of a person, a, a real person. She sent this. I hope your baby dies. No. And so Emily, um, you know, she's posted Please tell me that. she outed her. No, she didn't. Concealed the name, posted the thing just to show people what's like, you know, the comments, I don't know, producer Courtney can probably find that. I don't know how many comments we're up to now on that post, but I would say it's somewhere in the realm of twelve or 13,000 comments when Emily posted to show this is the kind of negativity I receive. I don't like to highlight negativity, but it exists. But it's and real. we have to deal with that. But yeah, right. 12 and a half. 12 and a half thousand comments. Um, she should have added her. And that's what I was saying. There's a line. There's a line. You cross that line when you threaten death upon an infant. like Well, an unborn child. I mean? Like, what do you, you know what I mean? Like, and, and also, especially when you're pregnant, you, you have no control. You know what I mean? Like, of what happens in that pregnancy. Correct. Something could go wrong. And now it's in Emily's mind. It's just, it's disgusting of the highest order. So personally, I think the call out thing, there's a line. And I'm personally now approaching my DMs even differently where I think there will be people that I will call out because I don't really give a fuck, um, you know, for a while back there. And my Instagram okay. is very much. I think if you if you send a message. With your name on with it. With your name on it, what do you expect? There's no implied no, confidentiality I mean, like, of a DM. Uh, no. Just because you're a if coward you think, didn't publicly comment If you're comment terrified it. for that to go public, it's don't a pretty it. good reason that you shouldn't probably fucking write it and send it to someone. Well, that's it, right. So I'm now sort of a bit like, fuck it. Because I remember years ago I did a rant about um, I'm – not a car person. I like cars, but I, I'm not like a, yeah. I'm not out there amending things on my car. When I bought it, I wasn't like, tell me about the horsepower and whatever else. I was like, it looks good. Does it move quick? We're in. But I don't understand people who own cars like a 1980s Holden and they've changed the muffler and it's worth more than the whole vehicle yeah. and it makes all this. Yeah. No I don't get that. Right. Yeah. I made that comment on an Instagram post. Um, yeah. Someone took that and posted it on their car lovers page. So I was receiving death threats for days. Yeah. I personally find that, hilarious that people were bothered enough to want to wish death on me because I don't understand why you'd buy a muffler worth more than your car. Yeah. I'd rather save the money and buy a better, better car. car. That's just yeah. me. Um, but in the time, again, same thing. When I was posting, I wouldn't tag the people. But now I think to myself, fuck them. But going back to this publicist, obviously uh, this person is uh, in the PR industry, the same industry as mine. So professionally speaking, I shouldn't really comment on her conduct and whatnot. That's, of course, a joke because I say whatever I want. She's a fucking dog. I have no time for people like that. She's a piece of shit. I think anyone who's in this industry and is dumb enough to pull a shady shit like that is a, just a disgusting person should get out of the industry. Yeah. The fact that you've taken – and also Tiff from The Social Diary who does occasionally this podcast, she should have gotten involved there and um, and I should have emailed her actually, but I was in New York and didn't really think it through. But she should have got involved there because she's one pull – it's an email – yeah. Marked as confidential. So the content's been pulled out. That's copyright yeah. to begin with and been posted in a public forum. So there's a legal issue there. So yeah. fuck her. Yeah. Um, but secondly, what do you? What did you achieve there? Our whole industry and, you know, like I own an agency, blah, blah, blah. We've got yeah. clients. Hopefully they don't listen. But it's all smoke and fucking mirrors. Yeah. That's my whole business. Yeah. Are you now pretend like don't start pulling the veil back, sweetie. None yeah. of us can afford that. Exactly. Like what? I don't understand what she was thinking. Posting anything like this in any realm under any circumstances. Well, unfortunately, it's the reason I was brought to my attention too was because I 
the person who showed me the message that she put up, because obviously I couldn't see it myself. I didn't follow and know who the fuck Of course, was. yeah. I wouldn't know if she sat up in my bowl of cereal. Yeah. To be honest with you, I mean, I obviously know who the person is. I'd never heard of this agency. I don't know of the person. Yeah, but I heard that she was quite a nasty person. That's why. Oh, interesting. So that's why. That's where it got my attention because someone who works and knows her brought it to my attention and said they're not a nice person. Well, you can't be a nice person. Correct. What have you done? I I mean, it's so funny, right? We get this email literally every day. We pay for this membership to receive this content because, again, our whole fucking industry is based on it. Yeah. there's plenty of stuff you could screenshot for a laugh. But we'll I, laugh like, internally about it all the time. But I feel like there's like, you know, you've got to go at you. There's a fair few influences out there that if you said that about, you could probably get away with doing it. But I literally just spent the last month busting my balls, oh, raising know. money for a bushfire, driving to like the affected areas. Yeah. I, I, I donated 18 trucks worth of hay, water, supplies, donated $350,000 across four different communities, CFA-wise. And then you come at me with that bullshit. Like, give us a fucking give break. Give us a fucking like, break. That's, you know what I mean? You know, like, pick, pick your targets. But I, I, And I think that's absolutely true. And the stuff you did during the bushfires is truly but unbelievable. You know what was the saddest part about all that too? I did all that, not one bit of, you know, publicity in terms Nothing. of Daily Mail or anything like that. And as soon as that little dispute comes up, News.com, Daily Mail, Pedestrian TV, they all run it. Yeah. They fucking love to just hype negativity. Everyone just wants to be a part of that story because it's such clickbait. And it's so disappointing. And, and I mean, just to reiterate, re- besides all the phenomenal work that you've done for charity and whatnot, which because this isn't the first time you've been involved no, in like, raising an it. outrageous it's amount of money for... Yeah. Uh, a cause. What was the last one you did? I did like it was. Just, this was just as the bushfires started in but early December. Prior to that, you did grand oh, to yeah. um, Red Cross for yeah. that too. Like. Fuck, unbelievable. You know what I mean? And so I think that it, like, aside from that, good. No one in this context. There is no professional standard here that would permit someone to do what that yeah. publicist has done. It is disgusting in every way, shape, and form. And it's tantamount for clients. They should have turned around. Any client she does have, although I've never heard of her, uh, should have said, "This is." out of bounds because you now call into question, you know, I mean, our industry is one where people generally who own agencies, very unlike myself, uh, don't like, they want to avoid any conflicts, controversy, blah, blah, blah. So no one else is going to come out and say, this is shady as fuck. What are you doing? Which is, I guess, where my respect comes for you because you were the first person in the industry to actually openly take my side. I mean, a lot of people sell saw it and danced around it, but like you went straight at it, which I was like pretty thankful for. Yeah, I just have no time for that because I think that unless we're willing to call stuff out like that, people continue to do it. And then she is sitting there thinking like how cool she is, all this press, all this storm around her. And I think like you got all this press because you're a bad person. person. Pull your head in. But not to mention, even when it came out, no one realised, no one drew the connection between the food critic and her giving him their messages. And I didn't bring her back into it. I didn't go and say, I just took it on head to head with the food critic because I was like, fuck this guy anyway, because... I didn't, apparently he's, I don't even know who he is, but apparently he's quite well respected and whatever else and blah, well, blah, blah. You know what? I've, I'm not going to name names again, but I know that he did something similar to another young, I'm not going to say influencer, but it was actually someone in a different industry. Oh, right. And he called him out and embarrassed him. And this person actually becomes suicidal because of it and depressed and everything like that. Didn't leave the room because he called them out for asking. He wanted this person was off a TV show and reached out to a restaurant about coming in. And, you know, he was on this show and stuff like that. And he outed him and screenshot it and mocked him. And this guy got really, really heavily affected by it. So this guy literally makes like 
hype of trying to like embarrass the fuck out of people. Yeah. And you know, it's what's so weird to me about the influencer market anyway, is it's like for the first time ever there, you, you know, you have this opportunity. I know, you know, we have a different podcast, the the spin life where we talk exclusively about business things. Um, we had a cafe owner in and she sort of said, whenever influencers reach out to her, she doesn't do that. Like, she, yeah. you know, blah, 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 and all the rest of it. But I think there's this real lack of awareness or lack of appreciation in certain circumstances of people who have built a following. It isn't easy. It's in most cases, the people's life's work. Yeah. And, you know, curating that and then being able to send messages, you know, if you're, if it's not what you want to do, there's a respectful way to say, look, we yeah. don't engage in that. We don't whatever. But I think it's the influencer needs to respect the fact that you're asking for something for free from a business who's trying to make ends meet. Yeah. And I think that the, business needs to respect the fact that this person is, has their life's work is his Instagram account. Whether you respect it or not, exactly. it is unfortunately what it is. Isn't it? It's, I think it's as simple as a yes or no. You well, know what I, I mean? mean? We oh. live in a world now where people just, they love outrage. Yeah. It's fucking, you know, people hype hype. a hundred percent. I mean, look at it with fucking truckloads of toilet paper going out of Woolworths because <laughs> people can't fucking, I mean, like, come uh-huh. on the level. I mean, if people were aware, I mean, coronavirus has become such a thing. If people were aware of the rapid rate that stupidity is spreading throughout the Australian community, they'd fucking stay home or they'd <laughs> buy a shield. Cause let me fucking tell you the people I meet in a day, I think to myself, fuck, how do you wake up and get out of bed every morning and not fall down more? Or one of the dumbest people. And, that is spreading like wild. That's a pandemic. We should call the world level exertion about that. But I just, I can't even breathe about it. Like this disdain towards influences is just like, it's made up of stupidity. And you know what's funny, right? Like I own a cosmetic business. You know, you've got uh, several brands under your portfolio. It's all built on influences. Yeah. Yourself is your own influence. For me, it's like I take others and, you know, we buy that influence, whatever else. Like people who are like, it doesn't work. No, you're a fuckwit. Yeah. You don't know what you're doing. And there's plenty of influencers who have a shit account. Don't get me wrong. But well, like, it's like, well, my, my, it's like, this is the, I, I nearly like, he said, he sent me a message to the food critic and said, good luck. I'll come speak to me in a few, uh, I think it was like one or two years when your video, your video diary life all goes down the drain and you can't make ends meet or something like that. The message was to me literally the next day, my girlfriend and me did it cause I'm a general manager activewear company. Yep. We've never paid $1 in marketing. Right. We dropped her new set, level set, shorts, so two crops, two shorts, and it generated, it was 68000 in the first four minutes. Mm. And I, ha- I just wanted to send a video of that back to him and say, congratulations, like, you know, this is in four minutes' work of what we do in our life. Yeah. Where Where's your, you know, where where's your any sort of grounds to stand on that comment there? You but know what why, I mean? Like, why do you sit there and think, why do you feel good about sending a message being like, let me know when it all goes down, down the drain? The drain. I'm not on my Instagram saying, you know, give me a call. You can come and write for my fucking Instagram when yeah. the newspaper goes down the drain. Correct. Do you know what I mean? Like, no one's so out there I, saying- And even still, if his career went down the drain, I still wouldn't feel good about it. You know what I mean? No. Like, I don't want your- life. Like, I don't understand people that literally get pleasure out of someone's, like, career or things just- Crumbling. Like, like crumbling. Exactly. Like, Do you know what I mean? And you know what I think is so funny about all of these things is that, and I say this on this podcast all the time, people don't understand that economy- and how an economy works, right? Like when you guys bring out activewear, this may shock people. You and Chloe aren't at home making the activewear, right? People have a job that you are funding by selling the activewear. They're making it, they're, you know, partnered with you, the company that you, you know, there's employees involved in that transaction, right? Like all of that happens. You then 
I imagine don't drive all the product to each person's house yourself. So that's then delivered by somebody else whose job is to deliver the good. They're paid also. This economy only works. Yeah, they act like we sit there and just don't contribute anything to the world. We sit there on our phone. That's That's it. Like if we go back six or seven years ago, there was maybe even a little bit longer. There was legitimate discussions about Australia Post going under, like legitimate, because no one was posting postcards and letters and things like that anymore. All of a sudden, e-com hit, and then it was like fuck. Australia Post is going the other way. Yeah. <laughs> now they're growing and they have to change their network and, you know, blah, blah, blah. The world evolves. Like, you know what I mean? You, you know, Blockbuster went down, but nobody realistically, you know, stopped watching movies. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just exactly. the, the consumption changed. I don't really understand from people why they think that there's just this closed network where the money goes nowhere. If you guys go under, it's less postage. It's less manufacturing. It's, it's less customer service. It's There's so many people's it's jobs who rely. Effect. Yeah. I don't know, understand why people don't. And it's the same when people are like, I fucking hate Valentine's Day. It's so commercial. February's bad for retail. Yep. So they need a spike. Yeah. And they get that spike out of hyping, celebrate your loved ones. Oh, oh the devil. Fuck the, Oh, imagine. Don't spread love. We must hate the rose industry and the chocolate. I mean, what's wrong with you? The whole reason these markers exist, like people about Christmas, the pressure to buy gifts. If we didn't have the Christmas season, retail would be gone. Like it would be just bankrupt because not 30% of retail uh, expenditure revenue comes in those last three months of the year. So if we don't hype it, the end, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? All those shops you go it's to just can't afford to stay open. prefer to be obnoxious to those sort of things. I think you just love to have an opinion. And it's so unfounded and that sort of stuff drives me mental because yeah. I feel like if you just, if you went around hoarding uh, intelligence or knowledge like you are toilet paper, maybe yeah. we wouldn't be in this circumstance. Buy a book today instead of a roll of toilet paper. You can still use the paper if you need to when you're done, but at least you might pick something up on the way through. You know, like yeah, fucking 100%. what's happening. Anyway, um, we have to try a lolly. What, tell me about some of the other businesses you've got before we go there. Poetic Justice Beverages. Have I got the name yes. close? That's pretty good because um, I'm fucking used to that <laughs> sort of stuff. Producer Courtney's shocked that I even had that in my head. Um is it alcoholic or non-alcoholic? It's both. Oh, because fuck, I was lost. You're posting about it and I'm thinking like, because you're not drinking. Drinking, nah. There's and both. then the Real Dads of Melbourne, who are very good friends of mine and phenomenal people yeah. last night, they're drinking and know them well. They're not drinking non-alcoholic. Yeah. Um, I was like, is there alcohol? I'm yeah, fucking nah, lost. There's, there's, um, so there's wine. So there's uh, red, white, rosé. And then we've got spritzers, which are like yep. little ready-to-drinks. They're 2.1 standards, so they're just oh. out of this world. They're 8% wine-based. They're wine-based drinks. Yeah, they're, I'll, 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 go, I'll bring you some. And then we do co- uh, mocktails too. So the mocktails have nothing. There. We do a mojito mocktail. Yeah, right. And, yeah, we do a watermelon-like mocktail too. So Wow. I'm right into that. And so how did that come about? It's been about 1.5 years in the making because there's a tech component to it too. Okay. That labels are augmented reality labels. So they actually come to life when you scan the bottles and stuff like that. It's a bit of a tech play on the – because the wine industry is like such an old industry. Very antiquated, It hasn't really been like attacked by the millennials yet. So there's a lot of room in there to, you know, experiment. To do more. So what – but why why that industry? What made you go there? To be honest – we had, we had like we, with our businesses that we do, we always have like sort of similar teams involved. And it's yep. also like, what are you best at? What are you best at? What are you best at? Yeah. One of our good friends who was in another business of ours that didn't go where we wanted it to, he's in the wine industry, has been, turns out $30, oh. $40 million a year. Wow. 
lives in the Bross hut, everything like that. Yep. And so we've got wine here. We've got a guru in wine, grapes, the whole lot. And then we've got me, Dad, Dylan, who, you know, our thing is marketing, everything yep. like that. Also, like our wittiness. So we have witty poems for every, the back of every wine bottle. So, for example, uh-huh. on the back of one of the red wines, I wrote a poem saying, I'm capped, not corked. So that's lucky for you. So after, not before is when you will screw. So like, you know, a bit of wit there. And then one of our other business partners is massively, he's tech, he owns the biggest gaming and app company in Australia, build games for Disney, Marvel, like everything like that. So we've got the tech there. So we thought, how can we bring the tech into, you know, marketing, the wit, the wine? And we came up with that. That's wild. I love that too, because it's like, it does, doesn't make, you know what I mean? Like you see active where you think it makes sense. Yeah. I like that because it makes no sense. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it does to you, but to the average consumer like so me when I was singing, I was like, how the fuck? Yeah. That's like, so good that though. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, what's even more amazing is two points instead of drinks. <laughs> I need that for a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get some for you. They're, they're, they're actually hectic. That's crazy. Two point. I mean, wine gets you though. Yeah. Oh, these will get you. This is my, the last time I drank was about 80 something days ago and I was on them and yep. I, that just retired me. It'll get you. How are you enjoying alcohol free? Love it. Love it. It's, I'm just so clear and motivated and yep. life's good. I just never, so alcohol, I, I don't have a, a, a relationship yeah. with alcohol, if you will. Um, it's one of those things where if it exists in a, in an environment, I'll have it. But you know, if I go to and I you know, well, I don't anymore. But I used to go to a lot of PRE type events yeah. to get invited to, and it's always a fucking tray of house wine and house yeah. champagne. Well, it's never champagne, sparkling wine, but um, you know, something to that effect. Every time I'm like, I'll just have a coke. Yeah, I, I, it means nothing to me. And if I'm going to drink, it's usually for a very specific. I was, I was yeah. just in Bali, right? So you know, we were drinking to forget that we we're in Bali. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, you know, so I've never had that sort of relationship with it, but I understand, you know, it can become that for some people. So to have removed it from your life must yeah. be such a big change. I think it, mine was the same. I never thought I had a relationship with it, but I did because yeah. I would let it, I, I would let it take over who I, like, so this is my thing with it. I don't like who I become when I'm drunk. Right. I don't like who I become when I was on drugs. When I yeah. got drunk. I would take drugs. It's as simple as that. Okay, right. So I hated the drunk person of me and I hated the person of me that was on drugs. And I thought, you know what? The only time I ever have these negative qualities and I'm this person is when I drink and when I do drugs. So I said, I'm going to cut that out of my life. Let's see how life goes. 30 days into it, Amazing. I love myself again. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. good. Everything feels good. So I was like, why bring these two people into my life again? Yeah, that's so true. How did you arrive at a point where you could admit that? yourself uh empty promises a lot of empty promises a lot of lying like to people close to you to people close to me correct and it would just got to the point where like you just become aware yeah really you do and i got tired of my own bullshit yeah and yeah i just took the right steps and i think it's pretty rare though i mean to have someone who can do that at such a young age I think you hear that story almost when someone's 40. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're pretty early on in the piece to have recognized that, you know, you were, you were lying to people close to you or you, yeah. know, you didn't like the person that you were, et cetera. So that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Well, it, was, it, it just made sense to me. And I guess like, I don't know, I'm really good at stepping back from a situation and looking at it. Self-aware. Yeah. Just, and I looked at who I am when I'm like that and I hate that person. I was yeah. embarrassed by him. You know what I mean? Like if I go, like I, I, trust myself enough in any conversation in any room to fit in and to you know never make a dickhead of myself but if i'm drinking or whatnot like 
I can't. All bets were off. I can't even like. I wake up and I'm like, wow, I hope I did not say anything. Or I yeah, hope right. I check my phone and see what I've, who I've texted or yeah. what I've said. Like, you know, it was like, it was scary. So it was like, why am I putting this on myself, you know, week in, week out? Like, Yeah. That's how Courtney wakes up every morning about what I've maybe have said the previous night when that drinks. Um, <laughs> just if someone's annoyed me. Um, or at the end of this podcast, usually. Um, anyway, that's right. It's published forever. Um, and I'm on the record on my own terms. We have to try a new thing every week. That's what we do. Um, I have no idea what the fuck this is, but Mitch did. Yeah. What so is it? They're called Haichus. I think it's a, it's a Japanese lolly. Yeah, nothing on so it. So one of our staff, her sister lives in Japan, so she said these over. It's like a, it's right. like a Zappo. Oh, okay. It's a peach flavour today. They're actually incredibly nice. Okay, well, I have to... I haven't had peach, so I've only had grape. Oh, okay. Is grape like a... Um, I'm not going to lie. I, when I went to China in year nine, I ate like two packets of them, and I didn't take a shit for about two weeks, so just go easy. Maybe have one. Well, it feels like... Type of, I mean, it tastes like I'm literally chewing a boot. Yeah. Like... <laughs> there is no give in this lolly. Holy mother of fuck. It is holding together incredibly well. The level of elasticity around this lolly is wild. Belinda did say she doesn't eat them because she has bad teeth and like it sometimes cracks her teeth. So mm. these are giving it's it away too tack. easy. No, no, not like when you eat a, a fantail mm. and it's trying to take your whole fucking tooth with it. There's not. I highly that. enjoy that, Lolly. Oh, it's a no from me. You don't like it, Sam. I like it. What about the flavour? It's very peachy, and I don't think I love peaches. Oh, see, I like peaches. <laughs> there you go. It tastes like um, almost like a a roll uppy type vibe. But like a softer. The texture's weird. So I'm not a lolly person. The high chew out of ten is what? Oh, uh, Mitch, what are you giving up? I'll drop a seven. And he liked it. I'm going four. That he liked. I mean, I'm going three. Fuck it. This is shit. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Japan. Do these come corona free, or do they come <laughs> via the corona problems that they're having at the moment? Who knows? If I ended up with coronavirus from a fucking you Japanese high chew, I'd be so mad. So Sam, you have five questions you ask every guest. Hit Mitch for them. See, I'm being reminded about things they apparently do. <laughs> Fuck, it's bad. Um, Pepsi vs Coke. Which one are you Pepsi drinking? Pepsi Max. It's fucking terrible. Um, oh, I'm only just getting that lolly out of my mouth. There was like no end to it. <laughs> that was just fucking wild. Who would you want to get stuck in a lift with? Carl Barron. Carl Barron? Yep. Big fan of Carl Barron. Oh, man. Could you imagine being stuck in the lift with him? Yeah, I'd That'd jump be out the epic. roof because I can't stand him. Most really? <laughs> can't stand oh, him. Our friendship just ended here, bro. <laughs> I don't know that I – I don't know. His humor is just not my kind of humor. Maybe I haven't invested enough time with him. I don't really know. Friends of mine really love him, but I've – I don't watch a lot of stuff. I watch Ricky Gervais is pretty much the only comedian and I, I Seinfeld. Like Ricky Gervais too. Ricky's – but Afterlife, did you like that? Th that was incredible. That was epic. So, I mean – the fact that he can have such a deep message, but then also he can get into a show calling that little kid a little tubby, whatever he called him. Pedo, pedo. <laughs> I mean, that's phenomenal. I'm not a pedo. Otherwise, you'd be the last one I'd touch, you tubby little ginger cunt. <laughs> so good. I mean, how can you even? You know, I've tried ever since this business was anything to get him to tour here. I I've offered any amount of bankrupt myself to make it happen. And, it, and the response literally from their team is basically he can't be bothered with the flight. Literally, that's the response. He but still can't be bothered. How Ricky Gervais is that answer? Like, oh, you don't, it's you just phenomenal. It. Oh, I know. I don't even reply. She's <laughs> like, that's it. You've, you're <laughs> fucked. It's, <laughs> it's too good. Um, most famous person you've ever met? Uh, I had dinner with Roy Jones Jr. Oh, interesting. So he's like, he's like in the boxing world, he's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very big. Very famous, yeah. There you go. Um, favorite Instagram account you think people should follow? Ooh. That's a toughie, isn't it? 
at Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, literally. Hundred <laughs> percent myself. <laughs> All right, follow Mitch. Um, what word comes to mind when I say Celine Dion? This is like the, this is the my wrong brain, crowd. His my, mind just exploded. My brain just went, "What the fuck?" And who the fuck? <laughs> Legit. That's right. You don't know Celine Dion. Honestly, no. <laughs> wow. Like wow, I know she's, she's like a singer or some shit. Is she or an actor go. or? But like she's I don't know singer. anything more than that. The biggest selling female artist of all time. Um, wow. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Sorry, it's an Celine. education process. <laughs> She's phenomenal. Uh, you can actually meet her in my office. Yeah, you haven't um, been in Sam's office yet. No, you haven't been in my office. Um, and yeah, tell us. Well, we already know where we can find you because that's the Instagram account we need to follow. But um, you need to follow Mitch Orville. There's all sorts of good stuff going over there. It's it's very not dissimilar to my own account in which he'll say whatever. But also, he has an inspiring vibe, whereas I do not, <laughs> um, which is phenomenal. So make sure you're following Mitch. What is, what's Instagram? Is it Mitch underscore Orville? Uh, just Mitchell Orville. Just Mitchell Orville. Actually, right. I'm going to say there's a new account that I started following like for comedic purposes that oh, I think okay. they're young guys and they're really funny. I just want to read it out so I get it in. Let's do it. Um, it's going to be the unemployed guys. Yes, the inspired unemployed. Oh, okay. I really, yes. really enjoyed their content. Okay. Like, hilarious. Hilar- I don't follow them. We'll need to get on to They're like really good. booming at the moment. They had like zero followers and all of a sudden now they're it was, It's actually epic. If you can be, do you set aside time to make content? Like, no. you don't? It's just not like a no. like not to the degree of like these guys will do like an Instagram skip video that you can tell it yeah. took like three days. Like yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like uh, that's my problem. It's hilarious. So it's worth the uh, set I'm aside. Much, if you like that sort of slight vibe, they're yeah. very fun to follow. All right, I need to go inside of me. And that's like you know how there's normally hit and miss. Yeah, pretty much hit, 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 hit. Oh. That, you got to run out of steam eventually, yeah. though, right? Uh, when you just wake so up and you're like, leave us alone. Plenty of diesel. <laughs> plenty of diesel. That's a weapon. All right, well, I think that's everything. Um, the businesses are, here's with what businesses you were going on. It's a very female-dominated uh, audience so here, so. Uh, Hooded Smiles, my T-shirt company, but yep. there's nowhere that you, there's, like, it's pretty, like, low-key. Like, you'll know when there's a drop. It pretty much goes through just my Instagram, and yep. then it's. Yeah, it's limited pieces, all that sort of stuff. We've got Poetic Justice Beverages. That's our wine company. Which we're going to be finding out more about. Um, yeah, and then obviously Chloe's got Zep, which is her activewear, and Blue Amazing. Map, which is mental health app. Yeah, the Blue Map, I'm super excited. We're actually talking to Chloe later today on a different podcast. Super, but, um, super inspiring. I'm super excited to talk about that because I um, am fascinated by the whole world. All right, well, thank you for joining us, Mitch. Thanks for coming in, coming down the road and seeing us. And, um, you know be in the group and do all the fucking shit I'm supposed to promote that I've forgotten to do about my own podcast. Um, All right, we'll see you next time. Love you all the most. All right, see you, bye.